You are listening to What in the Horror with your host Lando and Tim. Welcome back to yet another episode of What in the Horror with your host Lando and Tim. Today we will be reviewing Prometheus from 2012 and Brain Scan from 1994. So it's Tim's turn to go first, so we'll be taking a look at Prometheus from 2012. Take it away, Tim. All right, it um opens up. There's this like slightly um strange looking human but he looks really ripped uh guy just standing there walking over to the edge of the water he opens up this weird container with some like black oozy stuff in it and he drinks it next to this waterfall and then it like bonds with his dna and it just disintegrates him and then as it go, you watch the dna actually like break down to the dna level and then start to rebuild and create life so kind of supposedly this is like millions of years ago by the looks of it and this is what becomes earth this is how earth got started the big bang theory was actually created at least on earth by an actual biological like reaction created by whatever this humanoid was so after that it kind of like um this ex uh, excavation party is um in in 2089 in the isle of isle of sky off the shore of scotland the archaeologist archaeological couple of uh elizabeth shaw and her boyfriend charlie holloway discover a star map on a cave that re- recorded the paint remnants of several um other ancient cultures in different places as well but this is one of the oldest they've ever found with the same constellation on the wall of this cave painting so it's kind of proving the fact that there is like this origin like situation that everyone knew about from like all kinds all kinds of cultures all over the world at all different time periods kind of making it seem like there's like engineers that created us from this area so apparently they go and they talk to this uh peter whalen guy and this is where you start to realize yes this is part of the uh the alien series and then they um talk to him and they talk him into going out into space which you find out because it's this like german like dude all of a sudden sitting there practicing speaking german watching movies dying his hair weirdly and like he's kind of even has this one point where he's got like almost a dying it like with a wig almost looking it's kind of strange and he's just walking around the ship alone checking in and looking at uh dreams through these uh special goggles while the, the crew seems to be sleeping and he's seeing like dreams and memories that they're that's going through their minds while this is all going on so anyhow all of a sudden while he's uh, walking around doing all these different things, watching movies, learning stuff, practicing speech in uh, different languages. And then the ship reaches its de- destination threshold. Uh, one of the crew members gets woken up automatically and he goes in to check and sees her already doing like push-ups on the floor uh, with wet footprints coming from like this pod where apparently been asleep for a couple years now. Well, asked if everything's okay. She's kind of a little snooty with him and she goes, are you are you are you fine are you okay and he goes yes and she goes then wake up the rest of the crew so he he does he goes and wakes everybody up uh there's a elizabeth actually uh, gets a little bit sick when she wakes up like from the the sickness from the cryo sleep a few of the others are doing a little bit better but they do eat um so they get there and they are this new they're in this planet system so they go down they start checking this is uh after the briefing and there's like this cool hologram with old man way uh whale in there where he talks about he'd he'd be dead by now by the time this happened uh, a few years in the future and that he's gonna 
this is going to be in charge of Elizabeth Shaw and Charlie are going to be in charge of this whole situation as far as going down there and exploring this planet. Well, because it's the only planet that could sustain life in the solar system. It has its own moon. It's a moon or something. Uh, so they go down and they start looking around with the ship. It's kind of a cool ship. It's got a, like the angled engines and stuff, like some of the jet uh, jet fighters for the Navy. It's, it's kind of neat. And now they're flying around and they're looking around and they... It, um, Charlie actually looks over and sees this. He's straight lines. He goes, God doesn't create things in straight lines. And there's this perfect little like a landing field looking thing with these big like mounds that look kind of a little unnaturally formed. So they sit down there and he's only got six hours of daylight left. And uh, the captain tries to talk him into waiting the next day. And then uh, the woman in charge of this whole thing seems to be in charge. She has her finds out she has her own little ecosystem like space pod like situation where it's within the ship where it's got its own ecosystem its own life support because she's extra cautious well she tells them because of all you you are technically the reason we're here don't touch anything don't do anything this is not on you and it just acts really strange about the whole situation like she's got an again like an attitude like she gave the guy that woke her up which at this point you turn out to realize he's actually an android uh, that was talked about when Wayland came through. He was the closest thing they ever had to a son. And his name's David. And David is actually an android, high-functioning android. And apparently David has spent the last couple of years learning all languages so that he could translate for them in case there's any uh, scripture on the wall or, you know, they have to talk to someone or any of that type of situation. So they go onto the planet like they go in this pyramid and they're going through and they find out that uh, there's actually breathable air inside. Of course, uh, Charlie actually takes off his helmet, even though they try to talk him out of it, and realizes that the air is good. And then everybody's like, oh, okay, you're going to take your chance. Let's do it, too. And it's like, okay, they're all complaining. I, did, I don't think they're not 100% sure it's safe, even though it says it's safe. And uh, for one, David is actually saying it is as well. David doesn't technically have to wear a mask, but because he doesn't breathe. But yet he does to kind of blend in and kind of, I think, in his way of feeling more human. But they get off, they start traveling through, and they find, uh, David finds this thing on a wall, and he activates it. And it shows, like, almost like visual, like, recorded memory, like, almost like camera, but not really. It's almost ghostly of this huge humanoid-ish creature running through this hallway, and they're chasing it. They see others running, too, but there's one, they see it chasing, and they come up on the door, and they find that this door had cut this thing's head off, like it had fell and collapsed. And then it cut its head off. At this point, you realize how big this thing is when I walk up to it. It's huge. Of course, David goes over and just opens the door, even though, you know, it seems like a great protocol. Let's just open stuff up. They have no idea what we're doing here. Opens up this door. They find the head on the inside. It's there. Um, Elizabeth actually is very adamant. They have to take that with them when they go. And she's worried about that. They walk in there and there's these weird urns that are kind of like just a couple of them are starting to sweat. All of a sudden, like since they walked in and looked around, it turns out this is like a big room with this big humanoid head on the wall, like a mural. And they're looking around in this thing. And it's like really strange as these little urn like things all around the urns or vases or whatever all over the place. Well, then this uh, storm starts coming uh, sh shortly in a minute. But before that happens, two of the crew that, uh, that are just there for archaeology or whatever, studying minerals and stuff. Well, they decide to bug out and they're going to head out because they're freaking out. They said, yeah, let's go into the room with the uh, headless man laying on the floor. You know, you know, the per people that 
although he's like Scottish of origin or something like that. And he's got like this in this ship. He seemed like he'd be this badass. And he's actually the one that freaks out the most. Well, these two decide to go back to the ship. So they leave and head out while everybody else goes in the room. Well, they go in the room and when David walks over, he walks over like it looks like a couple of maggots slash mealworms or something like that. And they they want to crawling into this ooze that's coming out of that one that started sweating that one um like urn vase thing that starts sweating now they go on in there they um everybody's going okay this the storm starts coming in elizabeth's packing up this head making sure this head goes with them to the ship they rush uh they get back to the ship and just it's close they, they barely get there oh on the way into the ship they have a big mess where the head flies away and they um elizabeth goes after it and gets thrown she somehow doesn't get severely injured while getting banged off like the landing gear now david hooks himself up to this wind she goes out and he saves both david and uh both charlie and elizabeth and uh miraculously they tied in the head and were able to bring the head back as well to a side port come in um elizabeth starts going through this head thing while this was going on in the other in in the the um uh, in the structure the alien structure david actually took a sample back of from one of the urns of this black oozy liquid by the way unbeknownst to everyone else at this point you realize that there's something weird going on with the woman in charge of this mission and david and while that's going on they go into this the head they find out the head was not just a head and it's not this weird creature thing which by the way you've seen before if you actually watched uh the alien series it's the original origin ship was by the same species and had the same like um facial structure on this thing i found out it's actually an exos not an exoskeleton it's actually a helmet so take it apart they find out that he ate like a humanoid head inside just oversized and chiseled features and such they inject it with this like electrode thing and keep on tweaking it until the thing starts to act like it's coming alive but it not only comes alive but this like it starts to like break down degenerate and actually some weird things start happening to it so they put it into the uh they go into the auto decontamination thing and the thing explodes literally explodes so they're still a little weirded out by all that going on while this is going on you start to find out that um the woman in charge and uh david have been david went and talked to somebody with that uh dream helmet thing that dream last slash thing apparently communicate back and forth with it. it doesn't say that earlier but she goes and confronts him in the hallway and says what did he say and basically she says try harder and you get suspicions here of who that might be uh, if you've seen some of the previous installments in this series you would uh, kind of expect this exactly to be exactly what's going on so they go through he goes and um they decide that they the, they find out this during this time too that those two people that left early to come back are still trapped in a structure because they got lost then on the scanners the captain of the ship is actually um there and talks to the talks to them on the ship and finds out that the, all of a sudden it shows us there's a life form showing up on one of the scanners is these orb-like scanners that one of the guys brought in it's like scanning the whole ship and giving them a 3d image of all the insides that's how they were able to find their way around well life form near them and they're, they're freaking out like there's something alive in here with us i don't blame them for that well turns out that the thing goes away it's like maybe it's a glitch well after that the, here comes in the lady that's in charge of everything and she comes in and uh well, the captain flirts with her a little bit and he's like well if you want to you know basically telling her if you she wanted to have sex just you know what and then she's like if i flew if, why would i fly two and a half years away from every human male on the planet just to come out here to just 
have sex. And then in the end, he calls her bluff a little bit more. And apparently they meet in her room in 10 minutes. You know, while this is going on and she he's gone away from the bridge, those two are attacked by what seems to be the evolved form of until almost like a weird cobra-like serpent creature thing. It turns out to be a couple of them that are popping out of the ooze, which explained a life form slash hidden life form situation with the scanners. Oh, they didn't know that one of them got excited, like, oh, my God, this, it's cool looking. It's fine. And then these things attack them. One of them, it actually grabs his arm, twists on his arm, kind of constricts on it like a snake to the point where he snaps his arm. And then the other one tries to cut it off him, gets the um, when he cuts it, it's got like acid for blood, similar to the aliens. And it like implodes his face within his uh, protective mask because they're in the protective mask to help with the elements because it's a little cold in there. They had heated blankets and stuff while they're sitting in that throne room, like that, that, that mirror room. Well, then the other one, it actually gets into his spacesuit, cuts a hole, bites a hole in, gets into his spacesuit, and then goes down his throat and into his body. So if, essentially, they're both dead at this point. Uh, the captain comes back in the room and sees that there's no feed on either one of them anymore, and that there's no showing no life signs. But he missed the whole thing. Of course, this is weird. Um, apparently, they didn't know enough to record anything during this time you know even though they're on a i don't know you'd think it'd be a replay button but the storm uh, subsides enough and they all go back into the structure but before they do david touches and plays with this black ooze stuff and has on his finger and he holds his finger out this whole time while he's carrying a bottle of like champagne or something that he talks charlie into having a glass of he asks him what would you do if you had the opportunity to learn everything from these people how far would you go he goes i'd do anything second he did david dips his finger in a glass as you know contaminating it with this uh black goo and hands him the glass and he drinks it well charlie and elizabeth wind up uh turns out she can't sustain life so she can't have kids but they wind up having doing the horizontal mamba anyways so then it comes the next morning they wake up and everything and charlie realizes his eyes are a little bugged out there's something wrong but they're headed back in and they know the two people are missing so they're like Oh, we got to get going. So he just kind of gets ready and kind of ignores all that. He starts to fade on the way in. So they go in, they get in there, and David goes off on his own. He says something about he's going to do some translating or something and work on a glitch or whatever in that system for the life form that showed up and disappeared. But he's really going off and checking out different areas of the ship, of this uh, areas of this alien structure. Because at this point, you realize because he came with him, guess who woke up and came with him this time? Yes. Old man Whalen is still alive. He's the old the one that was actually um, being talked to by David. He uh, was looking, I think, for like, you know, an eternal life elixir type situation. He figures that these guys they can create life on a planet. They should be able to figure out how to prolong his life. He's looking for immortality. Turns out, you know, during this time that, uh, hey, the woman in charge of this mission, the one's kind of got a little chip on his shoulder. It's his daughter. And she's not happy because she wished it, he would just hand over the throne to her because that's how monarchies work. Eventually, you know, the monarchy dies and then the, their children take over. So she's she's uh, kind of not rooting for daddy quite as much as you'd think. They have a little bit of a toxic mommy, uh, daddy, daughter relationship going on. Well, they get out there and they're going through all this. He's got this bio help suit so he can walk a little bit better. Turns out um, they go in there, they find these bodies of the kind of bodies that are there. They did see the reptilian things, but the reptilian things did not attack them, which is kind of odd. I don't know why they didn't. 
but they did uh the reptilian thing came out of the one body it was still in it and apparently at this point uh david's walking off on his own he finds that there's a this like bridge type situation with this he's playing another one of these like recorded like ghostly but this one's not as ghostly like images of this guy playing this like weird console of different like crystals and stuff that are going and it's it shows like the solar systems and everything the, the entire universe and like earth specifically like he can actually interact with it david can and he actually grabs earth out of this and looks it over and it winds up being on the floor so apparently this is actually proof that that is where life on earth came from well after this thing goes down he he goes over and watches like one of them lay down in this uh another cryo chamber situation turns out one of them is still alive well guess where they're gonna head sure enough so they go back to the uh the ship again and when they get back to the ship because of charlie actually shows signs that he's being he has definitely been contaminated something's seriously wrong and elizabeth's trying to save him you know it's their lovers and the woman in charge of daughter she actually uh threatens to set him on fire with a flamethrower and he wants everybody to get in where they're safe including elizabeth and he's willing to give up his life so he just throws his arms up in the air and says just do it and he actually purposely has the woman set him on fire and kill him of course she loses it passes out and falls down and it carry her in and put her into this medical chamber situation but but the only person in there is david with her at first well david does a scan finds out she's pregnant and it's not a natural birth um, david being an android this is a little weird but again not unexpected so it's not a natural birth she's three months pregnant and it just happened last night so it's like okay that's not possible she leaves he he gives her an injection with this um heavy sedative leaves the room they come in and her, the medical team's in there trying to wake her up slapping her face so she's really doped up and she then su surprises them knocks them both with uh some kind of a heavy object knocks them both out runs away finds some kind of medical self uh automated medical pod thing that apparently is made for men it's, it's designed for male speech the male of the species not female so she can't just have a hysterectomy um situation to pull this thing out so she has to remove foreign body it cuts her open with like this laser and then reaches in with these like weird forceps like things pulls out this alien like weird alien octopus type thing out of her and then this thing's trying to kill her in there trying to grab her it's still alive so she's freaking out and hits the button and it staples her up with staples and then opens up she hits the decontamination thing and it like looks like it kills this thing raises up and then like sterilizes it and looks like it kills it well she takes off at this point she runs into whaling in them now of course david's not super happy about what happened because you got survival instinct and she winds up being one of the ones that goes back into this pyramid because it turns out that uh that other structure the the bridge there is one still alive and it is a bridge to a ship so they're going back in because whaling wants to talk to this thing and try and figure out you know basically is is this the elixir of life goes in they get in there on the way there of course elizabeth's struggling a little bit i mean she's doing pretty badass but she's hurting i mean she just cut herself open and just stapled herself back together but she's a pretty good survivor they get into this thing um ultimately wind up waking this thing up and david tries to talk to it it doesn't want to talk to him turns out that uh they had created life on earth but they had planned to destroy it and he uh just when Waylon's demanding answers, he just and 
of course, Elizabeth's trying to figure out why did you create life on Earth and then try to destroy it? Like, why would you do that? Wants to know this answer. And she does state multiple times that this is important to know why. I mean, if we're going to understand this. This thing just rips off David's head, the android's head, separates it in body, knocks uh, Waylon all around, throwing it everywhere. The entire crew is just like flying everywhere. Elizabeth takes off. It starts chasing after Elizabeth, but eventually she just gets away from this thing. Um, while she's headed out, it starts to prep to take off with the uh, with the ship. Starts prepping the ship to take off. Well, during all this, uh, the feed goes back to the uh, to the, the to the human ship and everything into Elizabeth, and it talks about the fact that it is a ship to run, hide. They try to take off, and it. Um, I mean, again, it's supposed to try and take off. They. Uh, she winds up realizing that she something's it got to stop something and he's telling her you know this thing is after you it's coming after you so escape pod and all that kind of thing take off they try to take off and it's um they find up falling after this thing because they realize if they don't chase this thing down and take it off when it takes off that it, it uh, david's telling them that it is going after earth it's going to destroy earth before we ever get there so they decide to like almost hyperspace it or whatever it is right into the ship and take it down elizabeth and the uh, daughter are both running on the ground from this uh ship that's crashing and rolling around and just about crushing them while it's landing afterwards and unfortunately for the daughter she actually gets completely crushed by this elizabeth barely escapes with her life and that's when david really gets in contact with her through the comms and is explaining that he's coming after her because she had made it to the escape pod or what's left of the escape pod that had the self-sustaining um, capsule and ecosystem in it that was made for the daughter. Well, it came in there. He opens it. That thing, this thing's so strong, it actually opens the airlock with its hands and makes it in there. Well, this escape pod, ironically, is also apparently, even though it was designed for a male, and this is where I have a little bit of an issue, maybe it was actually made for old Manuel and not really for the daughter, but um, is where that creature thing is still in there. She realizes this thing's still alive in there, and it's grown pretty big. It's inside the room and contained in that room. Well, this thing's coming in after her, uh, the humanoid alien, and she winds up opening up the door to that thing, and it literally attacks the humanoid thing. They have like a big battle royale while she takes off and tries to get out. While she's outside, um, David talks to her about the fact it's not the only ship. There are other ships available. If you want to get off here, you need to come get me, and we'll and I'll help us get off this island, this planet. The um, the alien does eventually kill the humanoid, but then seems to like die at this point. And then um, she winds up like getting David and they're going down and they're getting a the ship together and everything. And then you see this. Uh, that wasn't the only alien alien type thing alive. There's another one, but it's not quite like the original aliens. This thing had like the weird inner skull like thing that comes out, but it's like kind of weirdly shaped, almost like that octopus one. And it's just it's alive. And who knows what's going to happen next with that. But yes, uh, Elizabeth does seem to survive with this. And as well as that android, very similar to the original Alien mo Aliens movies, where Sigourney Weaver has the head of the, the android that looks like Whaler. Now, this is also strange if you watched one of the uh, Alien versus Predator or whatever, the Covenant one. Whalen died there. So how many times can this same guy die? kind of a little confusing there i'm trying to figure out how that works in but the movie is very unique twist and turns all the way lots of action before i get into an actual rating 
Lando, do you have any information on this? And what are your thoughts? Okay, well, when it comes to this movie, this one had an okay storyline. As Tim already stated, it did give me some alien vibes, but not as good of a movie. For a movie that's over two hours long, it could have been done a lot better. Could have ran even a little bit shorter. I mean, two hours, that's too long for any movie, really. Had some pretty cool fight scenes. Far too much CGI once again, and we all know how I feel about that. Really didn't feel like a horror film. Felt more like a sci-fi action movie to me. And uh, when it comes to Rotten Tomato and everything, they gave it a 73% with an audience score of 68. Google gave this one a 83%. This movie costed about $130 million to make and only made a little over $400 million. So... But when it comes to my rating, I had to give this one just a one score rating. I didn't hate it, but I didn't like it either. So what about you there, Tim? You are right about the vibes. Um, It kind of did give you a little bit of thriller vibe, but it did tie into way more like action thriller than anything else. And yeah, they drew it out. Uh, One of the things I didn't even get into the whole like, by the way, Charlie didn't die right away. He came back and started killing people randomly throwing around and killing them and it was almost impossible to kill i mean that i left that whole part out and we still like it's a long description because it's a lot of action it's just non-stop throughout the whole thing the most slowest part is when they walk into this thing it takes a while to walk in and that's just a lot a lot of action the gore factor isn't i mean the best part for gore is actually when she self-mutilates herself and cuts this thing out of her I mean, I'll give this credit. I mean, this is another one where they made the heroine like badass. <laughs> she was a pretty badass doctor. But yeah, it's um, yeah, if we're, we got to rate these according to horror. That's the issue here. I like the movie, but again, there was a lot of CGI, especially when it starts right off with that weird him taking it and it's breaking down. They could have done that and had him like disintegrate and just life started forming without breaking it down into that whole cellular microcellular level. It was kind of and it's there's a lot of that throughout this movie. So yeah, um, I would watch it again, but I, again, I, we're rating a horror movie. For a horror movie, this is I, I'd say three because it's kind of middle of the road for me. But it's not horror enough to really get a higher rating. Doesn't mean it's not worth watching. This means it's it's not horror, just thriller, but sci-fi thriller with action. Yeah, that's where I stood on it. Yeah, I just ugh. anyways, that's it for that movie. So we'll go to mine which is again brain scan from 1994 so this movie starts out with a lonely boy named michael browser or bauer who lives in a insulated place without his father around in like a mansion i guess michael's mother was killed in a car accident which also permanently injured his leg because i guess he was in the accident with her from his bedroom window he spends his spare time watching his crush a typical girl next door type named Kimberly, who unbeknownst to Michael also has the same feelings about him. A huge fan of horror video games and movies, kind of like us. Michael's only friend named Kyle comes over and they are members of a horror movie club at their school, which their principal bans. Kyle tells Michael about a new ultra realistic game called Brain Scan. And Michael ends up uh, mail ordering his first disc. The game begins strangely with a warning screen informing him that the experience 
has much in common with hypnotic type of things. During his first experience with the game, Michael is encouraged to act as a psychotic murderer by the game's host, a entity known as Trickster. In the game, Michael murders a stranger and takes his foot as a trophy. Later, he is horrified to discover that his victim in the game was a real person and that the same murder happened in the real world. Kyle ends up begging Michael to let him play the game, but Michael angrily rebuffs him for this. Later, Michael is tormented by Trickster, who ends up showing up in the real world and plays a bunch of songs and stuff in Michael's bedroom because he is a possible witness to the earlier murderer. Trickster tells Michael he must play the second disc to kill the witness. Michael refuses at first, but eventually gives in. However, this time he has no memory of playing the game. He finds Kyle's necklace bloody in his freezer and realizes he murdered Kyle. Michael doesn't remember the murder and calls Kyle. The phone is answered by a detective, Hayden. Michael becomes paranoid that he will be sent to jail. He is also always annoyed by Trickster plaguing his home. Trickster instructs him to kill Kimberly. At nightfall, Michael sneaks into her room but refuses to hurt her. Trickster reveals that he is actually an evil counterpart within Michael's mind. He possesses Michael, the struggle of which wakes Kimberly. Kimberly reveals she has been watching and photographing Michael, which allows him to break free of his inner darkness. At the last minute, the trickster shows up again and opens the bedroom door with Detective Hayden entering and shoots Michael dead. Michael awakens in his bedroom. He discovers that the whole experience was a fantasy after a short outburst of rage ranting at the game for his traumatic experiences. He excitedly realizes that Kyle is still alive and that nothing in the game happened in the real world. He ends up, uh, him and Kyle end up going to the party at Kimberly's house and he finally asks her out and she replies with a maybe and she ends up kissing him. The next day, Michael brings the brain scan disc to the school to show the principal who had demanded to preview all games and movies for from now on. It is implied that the principal will have the same nightmarish experience as Michael because Trickster appears in the background. And uh, yeah, that's about it for this movie. I mean, it's a pretty straightforward movie. I mean, when it comes to scores and everything, Rotten Tomato gave it a 13, which I disagree with. Audience score gave it a 60. That's fine. Google gave this one a 91%. I totally agree with. I couldn't find a budget for this, but I did find the box office score saying that it made over $4 million. And uh, yeah, I really like the story of this lonely kid who ends up killing people because of a video game with like this demon type thing pretty much controlling him. Another thing that I didn't mention because I wanted to mention it in my thoughts. We have titties. And for all my fellow perverts out there, they're pretty nice ones. <laughs> and uh, I also liked how this movie starred some great actors like Edward Furlong from the Terminator movies. I mean, he's the one that played Michael. The detective is a very well-known actor. He's played Dracula multiple times in other Dracula horror movies and stuff. Not, a, not really huge on the gore or blood factor, but it did have a decent amount for any horror fan out there. Unlike 
Tim's movie, this one definitely felt more towards the horror movie than the sci-fi type of thing, like his was. I like the twist in the end where it makes you think it was all in his head, but then Trickster shows up towards the end of the movie. I thought that was pretty cool, too. So with that being said, I gave this movie a four-point scope rating. So what about you there, Tim? Yeah, it um, had more gore, uh, even though it wasn't a lot. There was less CGI. There's a lot of CGI in mind. <laughs> it really was. I mean, they did have some weird 80s CGI in this one with Trickster, mostly. Um, I did like the foot getting cut off, that kind of the, the crunching sounds and stuff when you cut through it. The dog running around with the foot. Okay, that that was... You can't help but kind of laugh at the same time as imagine it would be freaky. You know, this all he has to show that foot someone, you're screwed. So it had that uh, thrill factor. And yes, you got your titties. But yeah, so I also went with a four skull rating on this one. Um, it definitely felt more horror based. Like this is, it reminded me a little bit of a couple of others movies. Um, remind me a little bit of uh, Idle Hands, a little bit of that feel. But yet like this, and what's the other one there with the... Um, the one where he's looking out the window all the time there uh, and can't do anything. Guy from the Transformer movies uh, where he's like kind of stuck inside the house on house arrest. And it had that feel the way he kept oh, looking at yeah. her. Yeah. yeah. So it's felt like a combination of, also. Yeah. You're thinking of that uh, Shia LaBeouf movie. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I it can't was. remember the um, name of it, but yeah. It had to do with that. Disturbia. Disturbia. And, uh, it had the feel like kind of those two movies, but yet it brought it into this whole like sci-fi weird like realm thing and interesting. The uh, him showing up at the end, Trickster showing up at the end means you know, and his his friend tells him that you know this stuff, this thing causes aneurysm, has got issues because it really messes with your brain. It's like, well, he still sees Trickster. That means his brain is permanently fried in some way <laughs> if he if nothing's real. So yeah, I, I actually did enjoy it. So again, a good movie. But this one definitely felt more on a horror line, so it got a better rating. Oh, yeah, for sure. So, But, yeah, I think that'll wrap it up for this episode. So, as always, if you got any movie suggestions, you can always email us at whatinthehorrorpodcast.gmail.com or you can hit us up on our Twitter. That's whatinthehorrorpodcast, all one word. We also have our Discord still up. But, as always, I've been your host, Lando. And I've been Tim. And we are the fuck out of here. You were listening to What in the Horror. See you next time. <laughs>